Welcome to Two Facet, a podcast about building digital products, hosted by Matt Mikulski, product manager, and myself, Juncal Gonzalez, product designer. Join us to listen to our conversations about product development and how each role sees it from their perspective. Let's start. Hello, listeners. This is episode two. Welcome. I am Juncal and I'm here with Matt. Hello, Matt. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hi, hello. <laughs> how are you today? Uh, good, good. I'm pretty good. Uh, I was just booking my tattoo for, <laughs> for a trip I'm going to do next month. So. Wow, that's uh, so yeah. cool. And how are you? I'm good. It's very sunny here, so it's good. I can use the terrace. Okay. So, yeah, very happy. <laughs> that's true. So, that's true. Yeah. It's it's sunny to hear. Um, yeah. Okay, let's, let's... Let's start. Um, first of all, I want to uh, thank you, our listeners from episode one, from their support. And I'm happy episode one was quite okay. And now we are recording the second. Uh, so what do we have for today? We have a few topics, right, Matt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is quite quite of a pressure as we were talking that we have listeners now. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's play with it. Um, so today we were talking, we were thinking to talk about uh, things that are problem, um, solution, and product market fits. Uh, so different stages of your product, startup, or, or a company. And then um, in the context of each of them, we will talk a bit about how you build strategy um, in each of those stages and how this um, you know reflects in the work of a product team. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is the topics we, we've prepared for today. So I hope you like them and you find them interesting. Let's see how it goes. We are going to freestyle a bit as usual. Um, yeah. Um, first of all, before before you start, I just wanted to, to say that I learned about this uh, thanks to you. And that one thing that I found about all these things you're going to explain to us is that strategy can be very creative as well. And probably I'll bring the topic again, again later for if someone's interested. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good to hear. Yeah, and I hope it's not going to be me explaining, you know, I, I don't want this one to end as an interview. It should be the discussion. Go back to the beginning. So why did you come with this question for in the first time? Okay, so yeah, I was starting to learn a bit of business. So this is one of the things I've been doing the last year uh, to keep growing and stuff. And I was learning a bit about this uh, problem market fit and solution market fit. And as I said, I saw that it was really creative. And I mean, really creative that you need as well uh, creative skills to do that. That's on one hand, so I found that very interesting because I thought a strategy was more like numbers and a cold thing, and it's not really like that. And then on the other hand, because I started realizing that it's very important uh, as a designer or, or some any professional to understand in which stage is the product that that he that he's working on like am i working on a product that is just starting or is it already developed or are we like growing is it already grown so i started realizing this will be um, very important for me to keep growing and doing better work so this is i why i came to you like hey what do you think matt tell me explain with your words what what is this and how we do it 
uh, in our company. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's a that's a good good background and good good context to start with. Um, yeah. Um, and I guess while reading online about this stuff, you, you can find many different definitions or like approaches to what it is and how you you should solve it. Um, mm-hmm. I like to think about all of these things in like super simple terms so let's start with the first one so it's called product market fit problem market fit sorry so i'm thinking about it like first you need to find a problem that you want to solve right so you want to have a company startup a feature um and they always come from from something so so there is some need either a problem of a customer or a sales request but you know sales request is also a customer problem at some level um Mm -hmm. you can find something from the research or you just have the next amazing idea for a startup um that serves some need so it solves some problem Mm -hmm. um so everything that's like pro- problem market fit it is around trying to verify if you have problem worth solving so it's like mm-hmm. is it a real problem so mm-hmm. you may think about it as asking questions to yourself of am i only person that has this problem or can i find other 10 people with this mm-hmm. problem so is it really a problem or am mm-hmm. I just imagining it? So, so sometimes you, you can have a thing like you look at the product that exists somewhere for some other industry and you look at it and you say, oh, in my industry, we have this solution that's automated flow of something, but it's not always repli- replicable. And it's like, ah, okay, it's not a problem. I imagine this as being a problem, but the real users doesn't have that problem. Mm-hmm. So this stage of mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. startup or idea is more like about trying to verify if there's enough of people. So the the key here is the the if it's worth solving, maybe right? Because yeah, it can be a problem for one person, but then if it's only one, two, three, might not be worth. So I find this tricky. So when when do you, can how can you decide if it's worth? Right? Like, is it the potential money you can get? Is it the amount of users? Is it I don't know. <laughs> That's a tricky one to discover, I think. Very good question. So, uh, for example, when we are thinking in Doc Planner about new features or new product lines, for us, product like a problem gonna be worth if we're gonna find a um, few thousand doctors willing to pay for it in a given country, and then you know, in this scale, we're gonna research that heavily in a given country we're going to contact the the, the customers we're going to check competition we're going to run a full research to check the market potential of a problem if we identify any and we would like to launch it and then you know with your resources you can scale it up or down i mean there are bigger companies than us and they spend much more time on r&d uh, but they're also smaller. So w- when you're like working on the startup level or a feature, you need to base on what you have. So maybe you will like, you know, common sense. So if you go to 10 people and nine of them say like, hey man, that's like silly thingy. Big chances, like there are some chances you're this 
visioner that just you know imagines like the next best thing and and th those people just don't see the bright fu future in you mm -hmm. but statistically there are big chances you're just wrong so and i'm not saying this is the science and it needs to be 10 people what i'm saying is you know at the at the beginning you always should think about is it worth for you and if it's enough market or is it uh, really a problem worth solving so and it may be worth for you even if it there's nobody wanting to pay for it and you're gonna go open source or you're gonna be you know Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get what you mean. Like, there's no like a final way of defining when it's like a problem worth solving. It can depend on your context, on what you're looking for, your goals. So it can be different things. But it's interesting uh, that we need to, if you are on that stage, you need to be aware of that, that you need to try and prove that in a way, right? And not be like, oh, I think this idea is amazing. Let's go for it just because I came up with it. I guess that's the point. <laughs> but one of my favorite things is the Lean Canvas. So Lean Canvas is basically like a graphic representation of your company, product line, mm -hmm. startup, whatever you have. Uh, but you, gra you can graphically represent what are your main strengths, main weaknesses, what are your income sources or whatever you're going to call income and what are your fair and unfair advantages. And mm -hmm. then based on that, uh, Imagine you're working in like validation cycles. So you say to yourselves that this is the canvas I want to see. So, so this is my future version of my company. So this is reality I want to, to go to. So, so this is like your goal or objective. And then what you want to do is you want to run few simple and cheap experiments, cheap, whatever is cheap for your context. So sometimes cheap is just a landing page and sometimes cheap is running like $10,000 um, campaign somewhere. So cheap can be different things, but you're trying to run experiments that can first the risk your idea about this ideal world within the cycle. And then, you know, once you arrive to the end of it, you, you, you you have conclusions so you can say okay so we run those experiments because we had those hypotheses that mm -hmm. if we change mm -hmm. this in our business whatever this means this is a part yeah. of a feature product line or how you pitch the product uh, mm -hmm. customers we'll arrive to that one so um when we are f when we are connecting this to product mm -hmm. problem market fit um it's like you, you say to yourself i have nothing but i would like to build this this company so right now you should be honest to yourself and write down what you have and what you don't have in this link canvas. And then mm -hmm. the next step for you is achieve things you don't have. So maybe the hypothesis is we're going to be able to solve this issue for a lot of people, whatever is a lot. So let's talk to mm -hmm. enough of them, whatever is enough. Uh, but you can feel it like, you know, if you hear a lot of no's, um, maybe there's something in them. I'm not discouraging <laughs> anybody to stop thinking about things after five no's, but it's talking mm -hmm. to the potential customers, trying to dig around, maybe bouncing that through your friends. Not every of the friends. If you're building B2B product, your friend's not going to be users. So, so probably not the <laughs> best idea. Yeah, um, and you need to be careful that your friends love you and they will tell you, oh, your idea is amazing. I love you. <laughs> Go for it. Exactly. And might yeah, not yeah. be real, right? <laughs> yeah. 
and, and time box it and, and do such experiment and time, then time box it. So give yourself like three weeks to talk to potential customers and you can find them in Reddit. You can find them in Quora or you can find them like in your own mm -hmm. networks or any other way. Like it's also interesting because let's say you're not able to say to talk to any of your potential customers in like three weeks and month that shows something. Mm -hmm. So maybe you shouldn't be starting building a product yet. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. given that you have ready product, but you are unable to anyway con contact your, you, you know, uh, main audience, mm -hmm. th that also may be problematic. Um, so this stage is more for you to the risk if it's worth going and how many dragons and possible problems may be there along the way. So you will find out, okay, I don't know how to talk to them. Once I talked to them, I understood half of it. Okay, maybe the problem I was trying mm -hmm. to solve is not that one. Maybe they have different one. And, you know, even from our experience, how many times we were going for something and then we were finding that, oh, we need to build something different. Like, yeah. this is not the idea that nobody cares about this piece. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we were feeling sure about that. And then you start talking with people and you realize it's really not not like that. Exactly. And, and in and in this first stage that you, you're, you're explaining, uh, you talk a lot about uh, talking with the users and trying to see if their problem is worth solving. And this really, uh, I feel it's really connected with the design process as well, or at least it has similarities because um, the designers, we are always uh, talking about empathizing with user and finding the solution to their problems. And actually, this is like the first uh, stage in the design thinking process. So in a way, we are doing kind of the same, right? So we are trying to, yeah, understand what's the problem if it's uh, worth solving. So I see I see a, co a connection. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And, and, you know, it's just scale. So when you're a founder, you're not going to have Hunka as a designer. As so well, yeah. You need to talk a lot to them. You know, in, in Doc Planner, yes, of course, I do have you. I do have an, our research team. So there's more researchers, so more people can talk to those customers um, whenever it's needed. Not meaning I'm not talking to them. It's just we can use more people to talk more and, and gather more of those insights mm -hmm. about more mm -hmm. parallel things. But yeah, yeah it's, it's super connected to what designers do. Yeah, you're totally right. Like, yeah. The resources you might have uh, or need at different stages uh, will be completely different. So on this one, yeah, probably will be just yourself designing the link canvas, talking with the users, <laughs> deciding what to do next. Yeah, but having a designer in a founding team, that's like a wet dream of a lot of startups. That's that that, that, that could be helpful. I mean, not a designer that's going to create. Uh, yeah, another thing that's important here is like probably you shouldn't be investing too much into high level, mm -hmm. uh, you know, mockups. So you don't need that kind of a design, but like design brain in terms of trying to mm -hmm. decompose discussion you have with the customer or with potential client or your friend. So mm -hmm. um, it's a skill. Um, not everybody has it. Um, and then having someone that have this DNA that can, you know, talk to someone and then mm -hmm. try to decompose what is the real problem the person was trying to, to explain um, is amazing skill. So, yes, if you can find someone like this early on, then yes, please do that. That's, that's <laughs> always good.
Good advice. And would you say, now I'm wondering, would you say that is it possible to um, to find the problem market fit without any visual design, without any, uh, I don't know, wireframe mock-up, first MVP, whatever? I don't know. Um, depends on the scale you want to get. So let's say I'm doing... So I'm doing a lot of weird projects on the site from time to time. And usually when I want to check if I want to invest more time in them is I'm running a campaign. So my minimal for running a startup as a site is if it can generate like at least 400 euros recurring monthly revenue um, without mm -hmm. maintenance. So I can set up an ad campaign that's going to have X mm -hmm. conversion rate compared to the cost. And I don't need to touch code too much. And this one service doing thingy can, can run there and, and generate at least there that, that amount. I'm not super successful with it, by the way. But mm -hmm. that, that that's my criteria. So <laughs> that's my criteria. I Every time I run something, I set up the landing page. I pay like 100 bucks to ads and then I see what's going to happen. So if I can get enough people to try to subscribe or register, then I say, okay, I can invest a few months of my life to do that because I take the number of people, the visual price I displayed through the ad, and then I say, okay, this is mm -hmm, how many mm -hmm. of them I can say. Plus, I get usually few email addresses, so I can always write to those people and follow up in case I really want to start that one. So this is the first experiment I run oh. every time I have an idea and first three lines of code about how it <laughs> may work. Um, and then if something surpasses, I invest okay. the time because for me it's, oh, this is a problem. Uh, like, mm -hmm. it's a problem. I know, I think I may have a solution. That's other stages we'll talk about in a minute. And then, yeah, we're solving. So let's now invest time into development over hours or wherever cool. time. This is really interesting, as I said, because I, I, I love the topic of uh, finding the real problems of the of the people and of the users. So I, I love this, this, this stage of the strategy. And and let's say you already found it. OK, so what happens next? We have problem market fit. What happens next? What do we do next? So now's the moment. And I know a lot of people try to mix those two, uh, but they do like to divide them. So, so now there's something called um, solution market fit. So you may found the problem. And of course, the first the first moment you had this idea, you had a solution in your brain. Everybody thinks like this. Like, I don't believe people thinking mm -hmm. pure problem. <laughs> form at the beginning they always know what they want to get produced and then it's it's all about getting other we, views we've had this conversation as well <laughs> yeah um and yeah it's gonna be about it later too but yeah it always starts from idea <laughs> and you have some solution in your brain but uh, I, I highly encourage mm -hmm. to first try with the problem so really going back to what you want to solve and discuss that one and then go back to the solution um and in this stage, it's trying to find a solution to the problem you, you found and if this solution is scalable. So you may have found a solution mm -hmm. that is not buildable by te current technology or your expertise or, or you need more people or mm -hmm. you need to mm -hmm. raise the round right now or uh, you just don't know how it should be done in terms of the design. So what is the moment the customer will use it, how it should work, mm -hmm. where should it mm -hmm. be displayed? Like, you know, all of those questions 
that you should be answering to yourself right now about the solution. So keeping in mind there you have some goal at the end. So in my case, it's 400 euros. So mm -hmm. I don't do high investment startups. I do really basic stuff that can generate some <laughs> revenue. Uh, but you know, in, in different cases, it's it may be some revenue, some number of users. Um, in startup case, I wouldn't focus here too much still on any revenue or anything else. So this is this is the moment when it's about to try to get some initial traction. So okay. you have your problem, mm -hmm. and now you may maybe in parallel you've been developing the solution already so you have some idea and you started developing that in a startup you may or may not test first mockups but let's say you have a working solution version beta um, this is your moment so you launch your beta version you try to get users and you try to not collapse um, different approach can mm -hmm. be you know trying with mockups um, yet different one can be another higher scale research um, run, run with the customers. Everything depends on your scale. Uh, but this is the stage. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to test MVPs. Uh, so MVP stands for minimal viable product. So you're trying to build mm -hmm. or maybe not. Depends again on the context. But uh, <laughs> I would advise to build first something small and easy to build. Um, that you can ship mm -hmm. fast and just show it to some people. So you know your problem has some potential market. Um, you have some idea of a solution, so you can start working on, you know, realization of it. Um, and as in the first stage, let's think about it in terms of lean startup and experiments. So then you can shape different ones. So uh, you moved your lean canvas, and now you know that you have a real problem to solve of a customer. So there are places for customer. Mm -hmm. pains and gains in the link canvas so now you are able to fill them with feel confidence and then maybe you want to start selling to them so you need to have some solution um so then your next step in the strategy is trying to for example ship that solution or maybe research a bit more the solution or run another experiment with the mvp because on that one you don't need to hire a team yet and you want to see how much traction this solution gonna have because you know the same problem can be solved in a few different ways so um mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. can uh, so you you're probably as well uh yeah <laughs> sorry, sorry go. yeah so you're probably as well checking the feasibility right of so course. if it's technically feasible yeah 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 could could be feasible for your resources so the ones you have as a company individual whatever or even because I was thinking, I, I, I read sometimes a lot about innovation. So even you could have a problem that's worth solving, but the technology doesn't even exist yet. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's not the moment, maybe in 10 years. Right? Like teleportation. Hmm. No, I mean, anybody can go for teleportation, <laughs> go for like, a, you know, journey to solve the teleportation issue now. But I wouldn't go for it. It's it's not easy to sell to generate 400 recurring revenue. So I wouldn't be interested. But there may be people yeah. that are working on the teleportation right now. Uh, but this is the moment you should be checking all of those things. So feasibility from technical, from business perspective, all things mm -hmm. like this. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, it doesn't mean that you don't know how to code it or technology doesn't exist. You should stop now. It's just an information. So it's 
a risk to your strategy. So you should be aware after that that mm-hmm. there may be technological risks or, um, mm-hmm. you know, how to sell to, to, to the people or how to onboard them or that your solution kind of works, but everybody had something to say about it. So there are two more things that you need to your MVP or you, you're good to go and you found like a silver bullet. So it, it's this moment to, to, to start judging mm-hmm. if you have a potential product that you can pack and mm-hmm. start selling mm-hmm. in a scale. Like, do you have like a next Toyota Corolla that you can just, you know, put in a factory and start producing and there's going to be um, a ton of people um, ready to buy Toyota Corolla, not car, but Toyota Corolla. And then how you're going to sell it is yet another stage. And, 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 and that's, that's, that's what's product market fit. But first you should be able to, you know, verify if you have a solution. And if you have more than one solution, because I guess, yeah, you can have more than one, check which one is uh, the best one to start with. Maybe the one that's more, I don't know, that has more potential or that's cheaper to start with or yeah. Yeah. And you know, you, you pivot a lot there too. <laughs> so it's like, um, okay. So, you know, Slack started as a, as a online game and mm-hmm. then they lost. So they ran out of money and the game wasn't finished. So they started to pivot. I'm, I'm doing a lot of shortcuts in this story, but they, they pivoted basically to the chat because they had pretty good chat for the game to, to, for the players to talk to, to themselves. So they pivoted to build this chat up. And well, they, mm-hmm. they found their solution to the later mass market. And now we know that they're like, you know, huge <laughs> now. But it's that. So you may have an initial idea and group of users and you start working. So what you want to get here is early adopters of your whatever. So you, mm-hmm. you want to have an MVP and you want to have like early adopters or some users willing to start using it. Um, or first people listening to your podcast yeah. as well. <laughs> Can this count? <laughs> For example, yeah, yeah, first, first, yeah, yeah, exactly. So first few <laughs> subscribers, is it okay? As long as you, you know, so you, you should have some goals and then judge to yourself if it's enough um, or you do it for fun as me. <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah, 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 totally, totally, totally this one. Cool. Uh, okay, so let's say we launch our MVP, whatever, with our resources, something that's feasible. We have a few early adopters then what we do next or how do we move from there? Yeah, so, so so the next stage is called product market fit. And in this one, you basically try to find replicable business model. What it means mm-hmm. is like you want to find a way that you're going to build this Toyota Corolla. So you have your product, so you have your solution. Now it's time to pack it and try to start getting traction. So if it's like B2C product, like marketplace that requires buyers to come to sellers or or whatever, you need to start getting those users some way. So this is the moment you -hmm. you focus more on how to start getting users, how to convince them. Um, If it's B2B product, this is the moment you start selling. So, you know, every company at some moment should monetize. I would say start selling from the beginning. We all know companies that are free forever and mm-hmm. then they monetize different way. But you try also to find this monetization moment. So, uh, you know, uh, 
it comes from the name. So we have a product and now you try to find a market for it and market is judged by mm -hmm. a repli replicable business model. So every month you can bring the same amount of money or more or, you know, you can predict how much money you're going to bring each month um, if we go to Excel level. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I guess you first need to find the market to then, to then scale. You cannot start like... I'm going to sell 10,000 tomorrow and do your business plan like that. You really uh, need to do this stage first. Yeah, or, yeah. I, I or would, yet? <laughs> yeah. It depends on the product. So there are products that doesn't make much sense if they cannot get fast traction or you don't have like a good idea how you're mm -hmm. going to scale them in terms of usage. So Instagram wouldn't be useful with 100 users. So, you know, or um, Snapchat. So those companies spend mm -hmm. a lot of money online right after lunches just to gather, you know, a lot of people. Like Instagram was um, exclusive for iOS for a few years and was building buzz around it only only through that. So because those were more hip people and, and things like this or, uh, you know, queue systems. So there are a lot of crazy hacks and better and worse ones how to, how to mm -hmm. build it, but you you try to generate some buzz or, or some, some traction. So you should be able to attract some people here to say to yourself that you achieved product market fit and you say, hey, our product mm -hmm. is, is, is really stable and we sell it. Like product market fit is like iPhone. So yes, we can predict how many iPhones gonna be sold. Like mm -hmm. it's stable business. And so now it's the so what i'm going to say is that in this stage you already have a product i'm saying this because at the beginning you were saying you were saying that in the first stages you should not care too much about uh getting into a very high detailed maybe designs if you're doing on a, a, a digital product uh you can start with something simple as you said with your experiments but now for the product market fit you should already have a product so probably now you need more resources you i mean so you have a robust uh digital product design wise i mean so probably you already need a team even if it's a small one like two or three people well it depends on the product maybe now that's that's also true i jumped a bit because with this one i said once you achieve it you're this unicorn thingy that hey you have already business uh -huh. model and you run but in order to achieve it, yes, of course. So in a previous moment, you've been in MVP. So you have minimal set of features, some crazy design and things like this. Mm -hmm. So I guess this is a moment a lot of founders try to find investing to, you know, pump mm -hmm. some money and depends on your situation, if you can bootstrap or not, or maybe with just your own expertise, you can go on up and start, uh, you know, developing the product more. Uh, but the way is like once you achieve the solution market with this belief that you have a solution that has a potential market, you know you you know your features by then. You you, you talk to some early adopters, so by now either you've been selling or you have a selling per salesperson or or you have few users that are using that for free. But you have this feedback loop, so maybe mm -hmm. you are able to you know attract the first investors or you again you you may be able to bootstrap and hire more people and start thinking about building this more robust product and then mm -hmm. you 
keep trying and then a lot of people gonna die there and then it's not that hey <laughs> if you came this long and you have an mvp working for sure you're gonna succeed uh, not everybody gonna succeed but now the full focus in the strategy is like on getting to the revenue as fast as possible i would say uh in mm -hmm. my brain in the projects i i've been running or, or like b2b or b2b mainly in b2c maybe maybe number of users is more crucial than so the traction than than the possible revenue uh but yeah to tell yourself that your product has a product market fit you need to have um, some revenue or crazy usage so if we are thinking about feature mm -hmm. let's say so we are building feature in existing product it's like you you've been testing it if it's worth solving with your current customers right so then you test that if you have a solution once you launched you should see enough people to make you happy to use it to say like hey we have a product market fit so our feature is used by customers new customers come they see the feature they are super happy with it they know how to use it this is the moment in like a feature life so then you know you can try to imagine scaling that more to whole product and then whole company and then product lines this is, this is the same feeling you want to get but from a bigger perspective mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. you want at the company level like the planner you want to see that if we tomorrow sell and sales selling our video consultation product we will see that they can get some conversion rate and just keep selling and not that you know they will be burning like 100 leads and sell nothing so if we see that they can go and keep selling each month and there is no huge issues with that one we'll say hey we have product market fit this doesn't mean the product is perfect it just means we have mm -hmm. we found the business model and we found a way to sell it to to, to the doctors in our case and then it's improving mm -hmm. and, and improving and, and improving until the end of the yeah. life so <laughs> yeah so it, yeah as you say it's a it's a bit of a process uh to reach it and then after that to start scaling right i guess yeah after, after that, that you scale as a process. Yeah, yeah. that's whole another <laughs> another problem to talk about how to scale whole another thing yeah that's another story yeah yeah so I'm trying to imagine, like, how would be the path of a of a designer if he would be working on these different different stages of a product? Because maybe at the beginning, uh, it can be just one person, or as you said, even the founder, just uh, doing the designs and stuff. And then later on, probably once you have the product and 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 you have more users and a bigger product, you might need all, start thinking about these design systems and and stuff like that. So. Because here probably it becomes more important to have a consistent experience, um, to have more quality as well. Um, that's my feeling. And then when you have, when you start scaling, even bigger team, I don't know, more things, more resources. Um, exactly, exactly. And yeah. then you know, you always try hard. So it call, uh, from foundry perspective, it always comes down to um entrepreneurship so sometimes you can hack something out there's always a friend that mm -hmm. has that's gonna have a favor you know um so for example guys that were building a base camp their uh, cto the now cto back then the only developer was working 10 hours a week on base camp so they knew mm -hmm. they don't have like they need to preciously use that time to build <laughs> something because it's only 10 weeks 10 hours a, day, a week 
that's not super a lot of, of, of time. So, you know, and still they bootstrapped company worth a lot of money right now. So, you know, you, you can make it. It's just, uh, it's a struggle. Nobody will tell you differently. Like mm -hmm. entrepreneurship is a struggle. Um, and But what's important from all of we are saying is like, it is applicable to product designers. So if you're working uh, in an organization that already has this role or, or you have this role, I, I do believe it's like from product manager perspective, it is amazing to have people that do understand these parts of the strategy or uh, are able to, you know, distinguish them or ask, hey, if we are mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. here, so we focus on this one or we are mm -hmm. more into hey, let's think about the idea and experiment around the idea and not care too much about design or, you know, all of this stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I do think as well that it's very important for us uh, as designers or maybe any other similar role of building uh, products like a developer uh, to understand this as well before you accept or enter into a project or a company or something. So then you know what, what, what to expect expect as you say what's going to be expected at that stage what's going to be needed what's going to be the focus because yeah as we said at the beginning it's not important to have a design system maybe and the focus is more on moving fast on experiments and then maybe once you are on the on the market and once you want to scale maybe you really need to be uh, different from the others and ux can play a big role in there so just understanding this and being aware yeah <laughs> yeah I, I do believe so and i would say that like from my past experience so i've been here for a long time in in at least the planner so from super early stage to to the current uh, stage and then what's funny enough in our journey is that you know we, we've been always promising ourselves all of these things like hey at some point we'll have designers and at some point we'll have researchers and at some point we'll have something something and at some point there's gonna be something and you know now it's a realization moment but i would say that during that path there were a lot of moments when we said to ourselves oh we are lying we're never gonna do that there's never gonna be enough money time or whatever uh so um keep pushing it is possible like it at some possible. moment you you may arrive to this to this to this to this moment and and yeah but it's very exciting as well i love being in the first stages as well even if it's just experimenting or low resources it's exciting as, as well it's just underst understanding the the differences that's valuable yeah what i mean is you know i remember years ago having discussion with david liberatsky our head of design about oh our ui is so inconsistent we should build some design system this is this is bad we are not doing that it's gonna crush us in a week and you know then we lived for eight years david was happier and less happier depending on the year uh but we arrived to to ui kit that's amazing and then we are consistent mm -hmm. and all of the designs are easy and and now is right moment uh what's important is also those problems will come and they will hit you and they will hit you in the right moment so just wait for mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. it's like as a founder product manager or a product designer you have enough problems to solve at one day i mean come mm -hmm. on <laughs> so worrying about too much into the future mm -hmm. is like you can always deconstruct so 
how much worth is a design system if you have zero verified customers yet? Okay, I mean, let's create a landing page. You can then build from that landing page UI kit, no worries, but let's have a landing page at least for exactly. that customer or whatever. So it's just balancing how much you want to spend on, on, on this uh, before you, you go more. So all of those stages are to make you more confident that you totally want to put in that idea next 10 years of your life because that's mm -hmm. going to be your you know average exit rate from the company you're going to start so let's say you want to invest now 10 years into that idea do you want to jump it in now now meaning dropping a job and everything else not a lot of people are going to do it so then you can think about okay so maybe first let's talk with some people if they would buy it Mm -hmm, Maybe I'll mm -hmm. do first version of it. Or if it's selling, then I'm gonna hire two people to help me and I'm gonna be this huge company. And then in 2021, we have, of course, venture capitalism, we have angels and all of the options to get some, you know, invest investment in your company. So mm -hmm. in a startup world, those are just the boosters to this, to this um, uh, framework. So you know, you may found, oh, I have an idea, I have a solution, there are a few people that want to buy it, maybe I'm gonna find like an investor that's gonna mm -hmm. help me with scaling to hire people to help, mm -hmm. or you're gonna be bootstrapping or I don't know, you know. Yeah, this is really interesting. So, so as I said at the beginning, I, at least I personally used to have a misconception that strategy and business was numbers and was cold but you need to be really creative to go through all this process and find the best resources for each stage and understand the, the user problem, find the best solution. So really, yeah, it has a lot to do with, with design. <laughs> so I love this topic. True, <laughs> true, true. And, and really like Lean Startup uh, is not super away from design thinking. Mm -hmm. uh, and in my brain, all of those things are tools. So uh, you know, I pick parts of each and, and use them however I want. But all of those techniques, uh, frameworks, they, they come to the same conclusion. So if you want to run a business, you need to have someone that's going to pay for that business and there need to be enough people. So you're going to make a living out of it and all of the people that helps you do it. So, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, there's only so many ways. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, um, I mean, I, I know it's easy when you say that one, and it's never easy when you do it, but as, as we said, it's a, it's always mm -hmm. a process. So you always needs to think about it as a process. Cool. So interesting <laughs> today's conversation yeah. really cool. So I think it was really interesting. The, the conversation we had today, I liked it a lot what we did uh maybe maybe let's let's wrap yeah. up for for our listeners so it's easier for them to remember what we talked about um <laughs> yeah of course so uh we talked about three stages of your product or feature or whatever you're building so in the first one, you try to validate if there is a problem worth solving. This stage is called product market fit. If there is a solution that people, so once you verify it and you are able to find the solution that people want to pay for, and you have some minimal viable product, uh, you may say that you achieved something called solution market fit stage. 
uh, once that achieved your next goal usually is to build a business model so you start validating your business model with different approaches to what you sell how you sell and once you see um, you have a replicable business model and you can continuously sell to customers uh, you can say that you have a product market fit and from there there is a scaling that we will for sure do another episode on and Hunkal, how about from design perspective what would you say so from my side i would say that it's very important for designers to understand uh, in which stage the product is because the needs are different on each one of them. Uh, so yeah, probably at the beginning you will need um, very advanced stuff in design, I would say, uh, and maybe more like experiments. And then from there you will be needing uh, different things like design systems or, or UI kit. So it's very, very interesting uh, to understand the needs on on each of the of the stages and i will also add that for me um this is a very uh creative part of the of the strategy understanding these these three stages yeah <laughs> but there's also excel always benefits like i'm making i'm trying to make it as sexy as possible but you know there is always some excel at some point ah, some excel so... okay maybe maybe yeah, i haven't yeah, seen enough excels and i still think it's it's pretty and creative <laughs> if you ask my friends i'm the worst person you can ask about excels and and uh, you know the pure numbers uh, part but maybe we're, we're gonna invite someone someday like uh, you know cfo to tell us how, how, how you do it from excel perspective how you do the numbers and yeah yeah that's more boring i guess i've just focused on the on the fun stuff and the cool stuff so for now for me that's good yeah <laughs> Okay, so thank you for this episode. Um, hopefully it was good to listen. Thank you, Hunkal, for the talk. Thank you, Matt. It was really nice. See you. Yeah. See, you <laughs> see you next time. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to continue the conversation and challenge our thoughts, mention us on Twitter. We are at 2 Podcast. If you have any questions you would like us to answer in the next episodes, send us an email to twofacetpodcast at gmail.com. And if this content was useful for you and you would like to support our work, there is a few simple things you can do. Share it with anyone you think may benefit from this content. Subscribe or follow the podcast in the platform where you are listening now. And if you are on Apple Podcast, a rating and a review will be much appreciated. Thank you for listening and until next time.